Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 693, recorded live on August 14th, 2021. And here are your hosts, the man who still exists, Dave Pillay. I'm here! And the man who had seen him with his own two eyes, Andy Lowe. Hi. Wait, when was that? Last week. Oh, right, because we were in person. See, I, I, was, I was joking that, like, you had a camera or something that you watch it with, but you, you didn't pick I up on it. I didn't, I didn't telegraph it very well. Somebody's watching me. <laughs> oh, God, that damn cat. <laughs> the damn, damn cat. That that cat that you, you, you swear doesn't exist, but, in fact, you do actually own. What? That no, was- not that cat. I don't own a cat. <laughs> I'm talking about the cat at Zap Zone. That played that song. Wait, what? What? Hi. Good evening, Andy. There was a cat at Zap Zone that played there was, that song. It was an animatronic cat. Golly loved it. He kept it by the register all the time. How, how am I first hearing about this now? I don't know, because I'm sure you've seen it. It was a black cat. It was like a cartoony black cat. An animatronic one that would sit on the register. <clears throat> I also don't own a cat. Okay, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just realizing that now Zapzone holds two Guinness World Records. Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. It's for, like, largest laser tag game or something? Yes, largest la- and longest laser tag mm-hmm. game. Largest and longest. Yep. Oh, and there's Golly in a suit. That is one heck of a suit. <laughs> Do you, are you just, like, Googling everything as we yes. go through this? Yes, I, I, that's, that's, shh, that's my secret sauce. It's Google. Turns out, McDonald's secret sauce, it's just Thousand Island dressing. Well, I could have told you that by, you know, I couldn't, Googling it. Because I've Googled it. Thanks. <laughs> Good job, nope. Andy. Nope, nope. Phone, stop that. My my, uh, my Google assistant started showing up. <laughs> You're like, let me Google that. And your phone's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> you rang, sir. No, if I were to ring, that would be calling the phone. <laughs> do you, do you, just curious, do you still say, hey, do you want to dial? You know, can you dial something or dial that? In what context? For calling somebody. When would I ever ask someone to dial, to like, Andy, when would I ever ask someone to call a number for me? I. Especially in the last year and a half. I don't like calling people. Why would I make someone else call? Because you don't they like calling don't people. They don't like calling either. <laughs> but you know, you, you're not talking with somebody. It's like, hold on, let me dial. Let me dial uh, that guy. No. 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 Do you? I every once in a while, and for me, it's just like, wait a second. I'm trying to think of the last time I actually had a phone with a dial on it. When you were 13, you may as well start using dial for the television. I mean, you work in the radio industry. I figure more than anyone else, you deal with, like, dialing at work. But, yeah, like, no, yeah, literally that's... dialing in uh, things. <sighs> we, uh, we actually, we, uh, we did that when, um, one of our, uh, stations moved frequencies. Mm-hmm. They had talked about it on the, and the thing there is, we're, we're now farther up the dial, which, yeah, no, <laughs> there's... I haven't, Which I haven't, even in the days of, like, dialed radios, I would be technically incorrect. Because, like, 
most dials... Well, I guess it, it did... Okay, no, it, it's technically correct. So I think the dial moved a little slider, but the, the actual electronics are the dial. Mm-hmm. The slider was just a visual representation of the dial. Yes. No, yes, I, that I, was, I did that, not that, dial that, someone. Okay. It is still a dial tone. That would be an interesting thing. Well, I guess that doesn't actually apply to most people now, right? If you ask, like, what's the tone you hear when you pick the phone up, people will be like, what tone? Yeah. I don't hear a tone when I pick my phone up. I just have my phone. You're like, no, 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 when you dial on a landline. Well, what do you mean by dial? <laughs> when I call someone? Oh, shit. Andy, when was when were telephones, like, standardized in households? Because, <sighs> like, my grandparents did not have the same, like, house phones that you and I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's when it was like, I call Watershed 532. Let's see. The standardization process began. This is the precise tone plan. So this was the actual start of the touch tone system. Once touch tones came in, that was the where it's like, okay, dial tone is actually a tone at 350 and 440 hertz. Like this, this was when Bell Systems said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This, this is going to be the bass tone. If you hear this, yes, you can dial. Oh, let's what see, is so it? It's 350 and 440? Yeah, 350 and 440 is a dial tone at a level of minus 13 dBm. Why are... Because dBm, it's, it's decibels, right? Yes. Decibel what? What's the M? Uh, milliwatts. Okay. Why is it negative? Um, uh, well, it's... <clears throat> if I remember correctly... Because, uh, like, that's true when you're recording audio. That's true yes. when in this, like... Well, why is it always negative? It's, 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 well, decibels is a logarithmic function. Yeah, that has nothing to do with positive or negative. Yeah. In fact, you, you can't have a negative log, right? Like, log negative 2 is a complex number. Well, 0 dBm is supposed to be 1 milliwatt. So, since you, you can have positive dBm... Mm-hmm. So, you know, 10, 10 B dBm would be 10 milliwatts. 20 dBm, DBm would be... a uh, unit used to indicate the power level expressed yeah. in decibels with reference to 1 milliwatt. It's 10 log of the power divided by 1 milliwatt. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, so minus 13 dBm would be... Uh, not... Millo- what, microwatt? Is... Yeah, microwatt, I do believe. No, no, I started looking it up, and now I all I'm finding are, like, these signal charts and the signal to noise, and... I, I got nothing. This is out of my out of my wheelhouse, Andy. This is out of my scope. This is the stuff that I normally would be like, Andy, what am I looking at? <laughs> and I even, at some point of here, just go, mm-hmm, yep, nope, I... That You're numbers... Like, uh, that's that's uh, decibel milliwatts. That's a measurement of... Uh, audio strength? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, no, when I'm trying to, like, when I was, um, trying to, uh, move our satellite dishes, because we moved satellites. Well, we didn't yeah. move, the, the companies moved satellites. We had to reposition all these big, huge 12-meter 12 12 dishes and everything, just big dishes. Yeah. 
Sorry, not 12 meters, 12 feet. I was going to say, 12 meter dish is a very large dish. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this would be... That's, um, that's 30, that's almost 40 feet. No, this was uh, this was a 4.2 meter dish. So I, I just rounded around to 12-ish feet. It's a big dish, no matter what. But trying to do figure out what the heck the uh, EB number meant and the AGC number meant and the IQ, it's just all these random numbers that show up on the screen and I'm just like, I don't know what these number means, but they gave me a little chart saying if this number is high and this number is low, it means this. If both numbers are low, it means this. If both numbers are high, then you're good. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just read the screen and go to this chart and go, okay. No idea what the measurements were. They don't give me any value. They just gave me values. No no, no units of any kind. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. If so this is good. This is not. Yes. Oh, this one is and negative. It, that one is not, positive. Okay. Yeah, it's... Some of these things with RF stuff is just so weird. And then you start getting into directional arrays for AM, and not only do you have to look at, you know, your milliwatts, but then you also have to look at your uh, your phase as well. Whether you're in phase or out of phase. Well, the directional arrays use different phasing to to focus and null <laughs> the signal. It's, it's just, oh my god. <laughs> okay. There was actually... Back to the back, Andy, pull it back. Hold on, there's one thing I was meant to look up, because there was actually just an auction recently where there was a bunch of AM stations that were actually up for auction. In St. Louis. Wow, nobody bid on them. Nobody bid on stations in St. Louis, AM stations. I mean, that's, yeah. AM stations kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not generally great fidelity. Oh, yeah. Did you did you hear the um, national test on Wednesday? I did not. Did you get the alert on your phone on Wednesday? No. I have to think for a second, though. Which day was Wednesday? Was that the, the 11th? Warnings? Oh, yeah. No, that was... So we, we had actual storms and actual, like, tornadoes and stuff. Yeah, no. Have you, have you looked at Consumers Energy's outage map for Michigan right now? I've heard it's pretty bad. Uh, let's see. Currently, 63,700 people are still without power. Three days later? Yep. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah, no, we, uh, I, I just gotten home from work and i was like starting to get stuff out of the fridge and all of a sudden um i mean we have we have like one two three four five six alexa devices in the house now and all of them got like the yellow ring around them at the same time and then my phone buzzes you know with with the uh notification and then my phone buzzes again with an email because i have a corporate emergency services thing that is evidently new. Uh, and then I got another email from like the director of safety going like, Hey, uh, tornado touchdown, get to shelter. And as I'm looking at my phone, looking at like the four different notifications for this outside, I hear. Yeah. 
I'm like, well, I haven't been in my basement in a few weeks. Let's go check how it is. <laughs> yeah, there. It's uh, it's been something, especially since um, some of the trees that took down. Well, let me let me send you a picture of one of our. Sorry, I've got a bunch of pictures of Megan because she was looking adorable. <laughs> oh no, a bunch of pictures of your cute baby. I know. However, would you survive? For what it's worth, my um, my coworker who is also a meteorologist also texted about like fifteen minutes into it and said, "Hey, the storm is is like lost a lot of power, mm-hmm. so it will probably be canceled early." And sure enough, like five minutes later, we get the all clear. Man, this is taking forever in a day to upload. Hmm. Yes, I'm sending you two pictures. One of them is the power pole still up, and the other picture is part of the power pole that is down with the wires attached. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with. Especially since there have been other outages in that area. Mm-hmm. And I've called consumers and said, hey, I know why my power's out. It's because the pole to our building <laughs> is, in, fallen over. is in two pieces. That's what the problem is. Yeah. But then consumers kind of like groups everybody in in an area into an outage. So then um, I get a message saying, oh, your your power's back on. And I, I call the remote control unit. It doesn't pick up, so I know the power's not back on. And you're like, no, it's not. And so I have to send the message going, no, no, it's not back on. And they're like, oh, okay. Yes, actually take care of the pole nope. that I told you is down. Yep. You'd, so think fine. Be able, you'd think they'd have like a map of all their their lines right and any sort of break on the map would show well especially since i i um it's it's hard to get a priority case with consumers especially in a massive storm situation like we had but yeah if you have a down power line those are the priority cases because last thing they want to do is you know leave a live wire on the ground right I mean, it's generally a bad idea. Yes. So normally if you call and say that your line is actually like down on the ground, you're, you're kind of put into the priority queue. So it's one of those things where it's like, yes, no, they, they, they know it's a problem and they need to fix it yet. And, you know, I even told them like, look, it's behind a locked gate. So you guys are going to have to call me <laughs> so I can give you the combination to the lock that, you know, I put another lock in the loop. Mm-hmm. So that way, if the consumers people come in, they can call me up and be like, okay, look for the lock with the yellow tape on it. It is this combination. And then they'll, they can go in and do their thing and lock it back up again. And then, you I mean, know, they could also just cut the lock off. Well, yes, but that's why I put the temporary lock there. So they don't cut one of my locks. <laughs> They're like, nope, we need to get to this power line. Cut, cut, cut. Yeah, no, they, yes, they, they probably could do that. But that's why I made sure I carry a spare combination lock in my car. <laughs> I love it. Well, like I said, you know, it's it's, yeah. no, it's it makes sense. To... I'm not I'm not disparaging you for it. Like that makes sense to do. Yeah. Although it means that you have to go out there and swap the lock. Well, I was already I was out there to make sure, you know, cuz the first time they told me, "Hey, the power's back on." And I'm like, "No, it's not." No, it's but, not. And I'm like, "Well, let me just go down there and see what it looks like." You're like, "Oh, there's a down power line." No, it's not. Power's back. Well, yes, it's back for everybody, but our building is not going to get power until this thing gets fixed. So let me yeah. take my spare lock, put it in the loop with the other locks that I don't, don't want them to touch, and I don't want to tell them the combination to those locks. Yep. 
So I've given them the temporary lock and I'll put, you know, give them the combination when they call. Then I'll know, yeah. hey, they're actually working on it. But we'll see. Supposedly it's all going to be squared away by the end of the weekend, but. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, we didn't, I didn't get any of the, like, testing stuff, but the next day I got, like, actual, hey, there's a tornado. Yep, yeah, nope, they have, <laughs> that was fun when, you know, storms were going through Wisconsin and, you know, Minnesota and everything, and I'm sitting here going, like, oh, great, you know, I turn on one of our stations to listen to it to verify that the thing goes out there, and I literally hear the station go off the air, and I'm like, well, shoot. <laughs> That's not good. <clears throat> Why are we off? And then I pull up the outage map going, oh, that's why we're off. Okay. Makes sense. So, yeah, so the national alert went through. I didn't get it on my phone. I thought I had signed up for the alerts to be on my phone, and it didn't show up. Well, what should we talk about, Andy? Uh, Topics, oh, maybe? Uh, Yeah, we, we can hit topics. I do want to start with just a, like, it was really good to see you. <laughs> Yes, you. it was good to actually see you in person. In person? And, like, yeah, that was awesome. Thanks for inviting us out to the cabin, and we hope to, to get to do that, you know, next year, too. Yes, that'd be nice. So, yeah, all right, so topics. What topics would you like? You, you These are all yours. Yep. I have not added a single thing, although looking at here, there's there's a couple things I could add. For instance, they stacked S4, no, B4, and S20. We haven't recorded in a while. I thought we had, I thought they were in the process of it the last time we were recording it. Uh, and it, we, the last time we recorded was what, like three weeks ago? July 24th? I'm pretty sure the, the stacking of B4 and S20 was much more recent than that. <laughs> they had rolled it out, stacked it, and now have already unstacked it and rolled it back to the high bay again. By the time yep. you... and, and they have re-rolled out S20. Oh, geez. It has rolled out again. So, yeah, not really sure, like, what. So they, they wanted to do a test fit. That's why they rolled it out. Yes. They rolled it out to just see, like, hey... We designed all this stuff to fit together. Does it actually fit together? Yeah? Cool. All right. Take it off. Put it back. Uh, and now they, they re-rolled it out. So did you notice, though? Because I, I didn't notice when this happened. It is no longer SN20. Uh, yeah, when did that? Was that, a, that was probably an Elon thing. It's an Elon thing. <laughs> so Have it's you no watched... longer SN20. It's no longer BN4. Have you watched the uh, three-part interview with um, Everyday Astronaut? I have not. Yeah, no, there's a three-part interview with him taking the Everyday Astronaut guy, Todd, I think is his name. Oh, I don't remember. Um, taking him all around uh, Boca Chica. So, if you got time and you're interested in that sort of thing, so... I will have to put, do so. Yeah, put that on your watch later. Yeah. I have quite a bit on my watch later list. My watch later, I think, is up to 96 videos, 99 videos. What I've actually been doing now is, you know, I pick I pick some of them and I just play them through the Bluetooth speaker while I'm driving. Because some of these YouTube videos doesn't actually need the video part of it. Right. You can just listen to them. Yep. Which that one I've actually watched so I can move that. I'm down to 98. 
Starbase tour with Elon Musk. There's three parts. Yeah, yeah. I will have to check it out. Speaking Um, of space, though. Yeah, go for it. Space uh, flight stuff. um, So Starliner was supposed to try their um, unmanned launch to the International Space Station back, you know, two weeks ago. It it still hasn't gotten off the test, the the launch pad. And now, actually, they're going to... Um, unmount it and actually bring it back to their processing facility to actually troubleshoot it. Because I guess there are 24 oxidizer valves in the propulsion system for this thing, which is, you know, critical for... Um, a rocket. The, a rocket. And, and Propulsion. Yes. Kind of important for rockets. Yes. So they tried to open 13 of the 24, and they could only open 9 of the 13. The Oops. other four that they tried to open were stuck shut. Oops. So now they have to de-stack it, bring it back. So, like, guys, guys, thankfully, like, this is Boeing, right? Yes. And Boeing is not one of the ones who was in contention for the moon mission. No. Which is probably a good thing <laughs> if this is what's happening. Guys... Come on. So now, um, so they were supposed to, because they had actually moved the Dragon capsules around the ISS Mm -hmm. to make room for Starliner, which now is not going to fly. Right. Um, But um, it it might not actually launch this year because of this, because the Atlas V rocket, which they're using for the the Starliner, um, has a NASA mission that's due to launch in mid-October. So they're probably going to take the, the Atlas V rocket that they were using, going to use for Starliner and use it for that mission and then hopefully get Starliner maybe ready for a November launch, but... But we'll see. Yes. Did you, did you hear about this new Russian module on the ISS since the we're one talking that, about space? The one that tried to basically spin the ISS out of control? Oops! <laughs> I think they, right. they they spun at what five forty five hundred and forty degrees I think yeah one one and a half revolutions oh my goodness <laughs> so so the question becomes bad engineering bad programming or doomsday protocol of the we can't have it so neither can you they wouldn't do that that would just I be... I know they wouldn't but like come on. <laughs> If you don't want to be the butt of the joke about, like, Russian engineering and Russian programming, I mean, I guess we, we, you know, we don't have a lot of room to stand with friggin' Boeing not being able to open its own valves. But, like, come on, guys. Yeah. Man, space, the space flight right now is weird. You have SpaceX just knocking it out of the park day in, day out. Space flight is hard. Yes, spaceflight okay, is like, hard. We we can agree on that. We can give them credit for that. Spaceflight is fucking complex. But you you have you have SpaceX just in the background doing their thing. Doing their thing and like, doing it real well. Yeah, Crew Dragon's just doing its thing. They've got Starship hopefully launching this year. <laughs> Be hilarious if they launch Starship for the orbital flight before <laughs> Before Starliner launches? Before Starliner launches? Yeah. Well, so here's here's one that's another, like, space screw-up. 
NASA has lost the ability to make spacesuits, lunar <laughs> spacesuits specifically. Did they like lose the plans or? Well, so like they, I'm sure they have the plans, but like the manufacturing facilities that make the material don't exist. Oh no, I could see that. Yeah, no, I've, I, I hate to say it, I've got, I've got similar problems with one of our transmitters, the yep. uh, MOSFETs. The MOSFETs that were used in this transmitter back in the... Are you Googling what a MOSFET is? No. Okay. I'm just um, going to wait for you to tell me what it is. <laughs> I was going to Google the, the article for the NASA spacesuit. Okay. Uh, moon. Basically, it, the electrical component was standard back 20, 30 years ago. So they used them because it was it, they were plentiful. A lot of people were making them. The problem is they're like the size of a silver dollar. And as we know, electronics have kind of shrunk over the bit. years. <clears throat> and so yeah. the sockets don't fit oh, the newer, no. the newer oh, MOSFETs. No. Oh, that's, that's sad. Uh, NASA's developing new spacesuits will be nearly two years late and will nix its effort to land humans on the moon by 2024. All right, hold on, hold on, because I know Elon Musk is you know got the contract for the lunar lander did he he's got to have said something about spacesuits he i've said like well shit <laughs> elon musk spacex could make new astronaut spacesuits <laughs> uh space spacex could do it if need be musk wrote in a tweet of course he did <laughs> yeah oh you you're having trouble getting your spacesuits huh we could probably do that I mean, for goodness sakes, he made the he made the the suits for the crew dragon. Yep, I bet you we could do that. Yeah. God damn it, Elon. Oh yeah, we got that. That's fine. No problem. That's easy. Ah, uh, space is hard. You know what's easy though? Creating infographics to uh, to no. try and put down your competitor. No. Disagree with your fundamental statement, but go on. <laughs> Who made infographics and how badly did they fuck them up? Uh, that would be uh, Amazon and Blue Origin. Yeah. Once again, protesting the fact that NASA um, only gave SpaceX money. Yeah. And then they, so they, they, NASA awarded SpaceX the contract for the lunar lander. They right. were the only ones that they got money for, for the lunar lander. Right. And then Blue Origin said, wait, but it was supposed to be like the top two. Yeah. And they, they put a whole, they filed uh, a protest with the GAO. Yeah. And um, the GAO came back and basically told them to pound sand. It was fine. <laughs> that's a good expression. Pound sand. I expect that's from like punching a sandbag. I thought it was just pounding like the sand ground. Maybe like, hold on. Work let's work it off. Pound sand meaning. Uh, the idiom originated in American English. It refers to a pointless activity. It's an expression of contempt that often means go away. Okay. So yeah, probably like hit the dirt, right? Yes. Like hit the road, pound sand. But uh, yeah, no. So once again, um, Blue Origins was, you know, protesting the GAO decision that said that the NASA decision 
was okay. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, when them... you have infinite money, of course, you can just keep, like, protesting and protesting. So they, they posted a, a new infographic basically saying that the Lunar Starship is immensely complex and high risk. Stating that they would need um, 16 Starship Super Heavy launches in order to fuel the rocket enough to get it to the moon. And that the that? The, the lander is 126 feet tall, so somebody would have to climb down the ladder. Um, there is this thing called an elevator. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Uh, which then, you know, as soon as Elon Musk saw this, he said, actually, we'll basically might only even need just four tank launches to um, fuel the Starship rather than the 16. And um, he, he was just pointing out the it's like, wh- why is he doing this? Why is he just Blue Origin? Just I don't I don't get it because Bezos wants to be the guy to get there. Yeah, he wants he wants the he, he saw what happened before was, hey, if you get the contract. That contract leads to other contracts, which leads to other contracts. So he wants to get in on the, you know, the beginning to make sure he's got. I mean, Andy, of, yeah. If you have invested X amount of your personal money in a starship company, wouldn't you want to make sure that you get the contract? Because, like, not getting the contract kind of invalidates the point of getting the company. Yes, especially since. Um, <laughs> Has Blue Origin even gotten their one... Have they gotten their rocket? Didn't Jeff Bezos just go into to orbit? Or into space, not necessarily into orbit? No, th- I thought they were bi- they were actually like building a rocket engine to fire the New Glenn, I think is what they call it. Aww. New Glenn, Blue Origin. Originally intended a first launch in 2020, Blue Origin expects to launch New Glenn in 2021, with subsequently delayed now to the fourth quarter of 2022. Where is the talk about the engine on it? <clears throat> yeah, the BE-4, the Blue Engine 4. Goddamn more acronyms. Although previously planned to fly as early as 2019, the first flight test of the new engine is now expected no earlier than 2022 on the Vulcan rocket. Engine is, is running the, four years behind. Yes, this, this is the is engine the that rocket. they're just... No, this is not this even the is rocket. the engine. Yeah. Which SpaceX has two now engines, the Falcons and the Raptors. Yes. And the Raptor engines are tested and operational. Mm-hmm. Blue Origin is like, yeah, we were working on ours sometime in next year. Yeah. Meanwhile, the B4 has something like 29 Raptor engines. How far away? Here's here's my question. How far away do you think the seismographs will register the launch of that rocket? Well, that's it's bigger than a Saturn V. Yep. Let's see, Saturn V minimum safe distance. Oh God, it's got to be huge. Uh, no one was permitted within one mile of the Saturn V during fueling and launch, except yeah. for the astronauts on the on the rocket itself. Everybody else was at least a mile away. Jesus. Oh, jeez. 
Yeah, I'd like to know how far away... Because there is, like, a global seismograph network. Do I have access to that? It's got to be online, right? Yeah, here you go. You can get real-time seismograms from the GSN station. And wouldn't you know it, there's a seismograph in Houston, which I'm sure is just, like... That's, that's got to be far too far, right? Like, come on. Uh, oh, well. I'll so, pass. yeah, so <clears throat> SpaceX is doing their thing. Blue Origin is whining the whole time. <laughs> Elon Musk is laughing all the way to the bank. Yep. Yes, the uh, the first payment for the moon lander actually the the day the gao decision came out the first payment got sent to spacex really yep same day jeez i mean yeah yeah that's what the contract is for right it's not like payment upon delivery no it'd be really funny if it was be like yeah you get us to the moon we'll pay you a lot of money what is this a space oh a darpa prize Oh, <laughs> uh, what are the? Is there are there any DARPA challenges right now? I don't I don't know. DARPA prize challenges. What do we got? What do we got? Uh the DARPA launch challenge, the DARPA subterranean challenge. The final event is in a month. Revolutionize how we operate in the underground. Hmm. Hazards vary drastically across domains. DARPA Subterranean, or Sub-T Challenge, seeks novel approaches to map, navigate, and search underground environments during time-sensitive operations. There's a systems competition and a virtual competition. System is teams developed and demonstrated physical systems competing in live competitions on physical representative subterranean courses versus the virtual competition, which is all about algorithms and programming. There are three subdomains for tunnel systems, urban underground, and cave networks. Does anyone else get the feel of, like, this is the, the research that Skynet uses to find the resistance? <laughs> My thought was, why, you know, why spend a lot of weight getting a lot of habitat stuff to Mars if you can just <laughs> live underground? Um... Because there... you still need to make it airtight. I I know. Yes. Well, Andy, making things airtight underground is very difficult. You are probably far better off to send a small surface habitat and then map the underground. Yes. And then use that small surface habitat to then build a bigger hab underground. Okay, yes. That would be the plan, yes. Because, you know, if there's already a, there's already a cave there that you can use. Yeah. The uh, first place prize, by the way, for the systems challenge, the physical one, is $2 million. <clears throat> and the final event takes place September 21st through the 24th. So coming up. Oh, that's cute. All right. And then the other one is the DARPA launch challenge, which I think has completed. I will take your word for that one. Oh, DARPA Ooh. launch challenge closes with no winner. <laughs> yep. Womp, womp, Oops. The Spectrum Collaboration Challenge, which sounds to me like um, 
um, um, um, um, like communications and jamming and piercing through jamming and tapping and DARPA network challenge, DARPA urban challenge. Man, DARPA has done a lot. Mm, uh, the internet. Yep. Well, I mean, if once once Bell Labs got out of the way, you needed someone to pick up the slack. Man, the amount of stuff that came out of Bell Labs is very surprising for a company that was designed for communication. Bell Labs and Xerox. Yep. Those two spots just So, who is the modern Bell Labs? Right? Who is who is doing this research and development? Is that Google? I mean, Google literally just made a well, claims to have made a time crystal. What? Did you not hear about this? No. Oh. Oh, Andy. Google. T- All right. I'm Googling Google Time Crystal. Okay. Yeah. So Time Crystal was one of the things where, like, I'm I'm pretty good with, like, math and with physics and, like, I have a solid general understanding, right? I, I'd say I have more than, like, a layman's understanding of what all this stuff is and and does and how it works. And I read the abstract of the time crystal paper and I'm like I I think I knew what some of those words meant. What? Yeah, cuz you're now getting into quantum physics and I'm well, nope. But like I also know like some basic quantum physics. So in <laughs> condensed matter physics, a time crystal a time crystal is a quantum system of particles whose lowest energy state is one in which the particles are in repetitive motion. System cannot lose energy to the environment and come to rest because it is already in its quantum ground state. What? (laughs) It has motion without energy. But that doesn't... How does that work? Because you're dealing with quantum things, and it's not actually moving. It's just changing between two quantum states. I I did some research on it to try and figure out what the hell all this meant. Um, And because... It's in two different quantum states. It, I mean, it, it can toggle between them without using energy. Because it's in both of them at the same time, basically. Sort of. Yeah. Don't, don't try to get too far into it. <laughs> uh, the long story short is that a, a time crystal, assuming they made one, is it, it's not a reverse entropy engine, but it negates entropy. Dave, do you know what time it is over here? It's almost one o'clock. Why do you ask, Andy? Because it is too late to try and figure that one out. Okay. That's like a three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, no. Good luck. Uh, Andy, I honestly, man... I don't think even at three in the afternoon, I've I've got enough to figure this out and like really grok it. Mm. I'm still working on understanding quantum computing. Like legit, I kind of get it, but also like I don't get it. Okay, so speaking of other studies, yeah, um, a study actually peer reviewed and published in the Journal of Science. Yeah. Um, states that our metabolism actually does not slow down during middle age. Well, that's good news for all of us who are entering into middle age. Yep. 
So why did I gain 20 pounds over the last two years? <laughs> That's an excellent question. One that I also want to know how the heck I gained 20 pounds over the last... Okay. I mean, uh, some of it probably comes from, like, I'm making poor choices of eating. <laughs> I'm sitting down for long periods of time. Yeah. So the study um, found four phases of metabolic life. Uh, from birth to age one where the metabolism shifts from being the same as the mother to a lifetime high 50% above that of adults. They're basically saying, like, kids are just nuts. They should be a separate species with the amount of, <laughs> with the amount of energy that they're expending. It just, it's nuts. That, does that, is that supported by observation, Andy? <laughs> kids, kids are crazy. Okay, um, and then? And then there's a uh, gentle slowdown until the age of 20. With no spike during puberty. I I can understand a no spike of, like, um, processing of energy, but shouldn't there be a spike in energy, like, usage as you are growing significantly? There was no metabolic surge during either puberty or pregnancy and no slowdown around menopause. All right, then. No changes so, between the age of 20 and 60. Yeah. And then, yeah, permanent decline. So by the time you reach 90, your metabolism is 26% lower than midlife. Yeah. What are they defining as metabolism at this point? Uh, that's like a, I, percent of caloric intake that's actually used or what? Like, I need the paper, Andy, not the article. Well, does the journal Science post these? Uh... I need you, Andy. Andy? Yes. ScienceMag.org. Here we go. Okay. Is reach out to Professor Tom Sanders <laughs> at King's College London or Dr. Soren Brog from University of Cambridge and say, hey guys, uh, what, what, you know, what do you actually mean when you say metabolism doesn't slow down? Taking the long view on metabolism. Here we go. Uh, on, this, on page 808 of this issue, Ponser analyzed energy expenditures in more than 64,000 males and females from 29 countries across the globe. Uh, metabolism um, is not just about energy. also encompasses synthesis, modification, and exchange of the building blocks of all aspects of cellular function. Oh, I have to log in to read the full text. Yeah. Oh, Purchase this article for $30. No, thank you. Uh, let's... Da, da, da. Metab People's metabolism was measured using doubly labeled water? What the heck is doubly labeled water? <laughs> it's water that you label twice. Okay, doubly labeled water is water in which both the hydrogen and oxygen have been partially or completely replaced with an uncommon isotope of these elements for tracing purposes. Ah, uh, so it's like heavy water. Yeah. But the oxygen and the hydrogen are both, it's super heavy water. Okay. Doubly labeled water can be used for a method to measure the average daily metabolic rate of an organism over a period of time. This is done by administrating a dose, then measuring the elimination rates of the non-radioactive forms of the heavy <laughs> elements. <laughs> As they leave the body by, by sampling saliva, urine, and blood. Yeah. 
was good. I'm surprised they didn't include sweat in there. Okay. So, yeah. So that's that's how they were doing it. They were... Wow. 64,000 people agreed to get injected by this and then heavy water. Yeah. And then had to come back after one to two weeks and get another sample taken. Okay. Well, I'll trust them that they know what they're doing because according to this Wikipedia article, this uh, method has been in use for quite some time. Yes. First application to humans was in 1982. Okay, so I have a feeling they know what they're doing with that. So I'll I'll trust them. I don't know exactly what they're measuring, but they're measuring something. Ooh, uh, what else we got? Bunch of crap happening with Activision Blizzard. <laughs> um, yeah, there's another loss. There's a class action lawsuit brought on by the investors. Yep. Saying that they were misled as the company didn't disclose the issues with its workplace culture that recently emerged after California had filed a lawsuit against them. So yes, that's uh, that's going on there. Um, Gamescom is going to be uh, next virtual. week. Yep, entirely virtual, running next Wednesday through Friday. Yeah, will be free, and uh, there's going to be an opening night live show. And then Xbox just said that uh, they were going to do a stream as well. Nice. So maybe some new gaming news coming out. Yes. Coming up soonish. Yes. Week and a half from now. Yeah, week and a half. Um, PAX. PAX. Yeah, PAX Australia. (laughs) Is yeah. Going back to digital. PAX Prime added uh, new requirements that like you must be vaccinated. Good. So Pax Prime, Pax Os. Isn't uh, Gen Con supposed to be, like, right now? Is, is Gen Con happening? Oh, later. It's the Gen Con Fan Film Festival? No, I just want Gen Con. When is Gen Con? September 16th to the 19th. In person! Oh. Oh. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Mask wearing will be required in all indoor and crowded outdoor Gen Con's Excuse me, Gen Con spaces. All right, so at least they're requiring masking. We are dropping the previously announced option to show proof of vaccination to forego wearing a mask. They're like, nope, nope, we don't Delta. care. Delta. Everyone's wearing a mask. Delta, you know, so I'm, Delta nothing. Can I just point out the law of big numbers? And can I point out that, like... Even the the Pfizer vaccine had only like a 94, 95% effectiveness. Yes, that's true. So if you have 95% and you put 100,000 people in a room together, that's 5,000 people who are susceptible to the virus. Very true. So like, yeah, wear a damn mask. We should probably start wrapping this up. Um... Yes, the uh, the one strange news. Yes. Um, T-Mobile has unofficially announced Fiber. Interesting. Yes. How do they unofficially announce Fiber? Uh, because they haven't actually <laughs> posted um, any actual, you know, inf- info about it, but they had right. sent invites to select people in Manhattan to, hey, if you guys want to try fiber internet you know go here so of course you know the news spread so it they didn't officially announce anything like there's there's nothing that points to that website other than directly going to that website right 
But yeah, no, they are. Uh, it's not actually their own fiber, though. They're using a third party fiber. So, um, but like that's that's. Hmm. They also yeah. have not officially announced pricing yet because this is literally, you know, they're they, gauging interest. Yes. Right. They they haven't even done it yet. They're just gazing interest. Gauging yes. interest. All right. Well, like they're they're allowed to. I don't think that's any. Yeah, it's weird. It's mm-hmm. weird, Andy. It's weird. Why are they doing it? They've got other things to focus on in the meantime. Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. <clears throat> What's really annoying is finding out from your business. Um. <clears throat> uh. Your, your our our uh, we got fiber at work. I found out that uh, the company has been doing residential fiber. And I was like, oh, really? Residential fiber, that's great. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're doing it in in southwest Kalamazoo, northwest Portage. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> that's my area. Why have you not told me about this yet? Uh, let me hold on. Let me just do a quick measure. Uh, they are, actually, it's two there. I, I I could walk 1.7 miles and be on their fiber network. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. 1.7 miles away. I'm I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I've got the same thing going on here. It is, I don't think it's even 1.7 miles. I think it's a half a mile and I'm in fiber. But where I'm at, no, no fiber available. Yeah, it, they're on one side of the highway. I live on the other side of the highway, and that's that's been the dividing line. It's just trying to get the fiber across the highway. They haven't been able to get the permit from MDOT to do so. So they've just been, oh, well, it's a lot easier to go this way, the opposite direction. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Because I, I love my T-Mobile, but, man, if I could get fiber speeds for 70 bucks a month that'd be pretty good yeah oh yeah (sighs) all right so uh, should we hit the randoms probably okay dave it is your random review my random review yes i would like to review lightning camera lightning camera all right let's see what do i get if i just google lightning camera if you literally just google lightning camera oh lightning camera is it an app it is Okay. So we were together this week, mm-hmm. last week, uh, at the cabin, and there were some thunderstorms making their way across the lake. Yeah. And it's really cool to watch thunderstorms come in over Lake Michigan because it's a big lake. I think I posted videos last time we were there back in 2018, right? Probably. Like, it's just so cool to watch the storm come in and watch the light. But, like, taking pictures of lightning is not easy. No. No, 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 no. Especially with a phone. Yes. Because, like, normal camera, I'm like, man, just set the, the, like, shutter speed to be, like, 30 seconds. And just, you know, put, like, the ISO at the finest grain you can think of. And put the, the aperture, it's, like, the smallest pinhole it can get. And, like, put a filter on top of it. And just wait, and you'll get a picture of lightning. But, like, you don't have that control on the phone. No. So what the what this app does is it just stores the last five seconds of photos, 
It's really the last five seconds of video. It just, like, keeps recording five seconds of video. And whenever you press the button, it just stops. And then it shows you, here's the last five seconds worth of photos that we took. Pick the ones you want to save. And so then you can use that and get, like, the, the pictures that you want out of those last five seconds. Nice. And I did it while we were there, and I actually added some of those pictures to the group photo album. Uh, and all the ones where there's like, oh man, that's like a really cool picture. Like, how do you time that? I didn't time it. I just let the camera do it. And it, it doesn't even take up a lot of space because if it's just writing over the last five seconds over and yeah, over and over again, rewriting the same memory. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Oh, you can so, even change the size of the image buffer. Yep. If you want to keep like the last ten seconds. <laughs> You can select several shots and create a GIF out of them. Mm-hmm. Nice. I did not use that. I just used it purely for the photo. Mostly because I didn't have time to, like, learn the app before taking pictures. Because, like, I downloaded it during a lightning storm so that I could take pictures of the lightning storm. <laughs> yeah. And then it started raining, so I went inside. Good rule of thumb, when you are doing lightning photography... If you're in the rain, you are too close. Yes. So that's my review. Uh, it was an easy-to-learn, easy-to-use app that I highly recommend under certain situations. I'll have to try it out next time there's uh, lightning. What or I really should do is... Uh, take pictures of that can happen very quickly. So yes. like, I could see doing it for sports photography, too. Or, you know, having two kids where you're trying to get them to both say cheese. Yeah. And you're trying to, you know, to get that right moment. Well, I'll just get them there in 10 seconds. Sooner or later, you know, something in that 10 seconds hopefully will work. Yeah. Okay, well, that's rock on. I will put that on the uh, topic list. While I do that, we should do the uh, random, random topic. Topic. be helpful if I actually spell review correctly. There we go. That actually works better now. The random topic is, I rolled ahead of time, who is a bigger menace to society, David or Andy? I don't think either one of us are really a menace to society in our Andy current has kids. forms. Andy has kids. So, I mean, that, that, I think that is a major differentiator. Um, now, whether or not that means he is a menace to society or he is a perpetuator of society, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which one of us is more of a menace. I could I could be very menacing because we're the uh, one of our stations is the LP2 for Southwest Michigan. Right. Um, so Southwest Michigan listens to our station as a backup for emergency alert system. Speaking of the national test. Okay. So if I ever wanted to be a huge... I, but, like, what's that going to do, Andy? Take over all the radio stations and TV stations in Southwest Michigan, and I could <laughs> I could send the single signal to start the alert and then just not send the signal to end it. I could, I could basically okay, lock up every... But, <laughs> but having the ability to do that is very different than having the, like, drive or desire to do that. Oh, hell no. I wouldn't. <laughs> the, the problem with the EAS alert is it always tells you who originates it. So, as you know, t 
take somebody 30 seconds to look at and go, oh, it's those those guys in Michigan. Yeah, it's that guy in Michigan. Hold on, let me get him on the phone. Like, uh, what's going on over there, guys? Yeah, if I don't answer my phone, somebody could probably be in that studio within 10 minutes and shut it off. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah, so I, I don't think that, like, that is is enough no i had the possibility to be a menace i don't i don't have the the reasoning to be a menace right i feel like i'm more in the like i might do something that if one of us were to do something that would actually threaten society which one do you think it would be you or me (sighs) i i wouldn't want to threaten any society because then whatever affects me also affects kate also affects the kids there you go. That's kind of what I was bringing. Like, you, you've made your contribution to society. I have no such restrictions. <laughs> Release the hounds. That's not being a menace to society. Shutting off the power. That was a menace to society. Yes. Okay. Was that the same episode? I think it was the same episode. Also where he, like, blocked out the sun. Sun. Yeah. Man, early Simpsons was so good. Was that the episode where he got shot? Is that what that was? Who who shot Mr. Burns? Yeah. Maybe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The sunblock was. That's who shot Mr. Burns. Man, I remember... If I remember correctly, we actually, like, recorded that episode on VHS and were, like, trying to watch it, like, frame by frame, basically, to see if there's any clues... <laughs> Cute. That's adorable. Alright, Andy. I think that's it. Yep, we're just uh according to as as Kate said, um you two are as menacing as kitty cats. Aww. The kitty cats are evil. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> we, we we think the youngest is part cat because she'll stare at me when we're at the dinner table. Pick up a handful of food, reach out over the edge of her uh, high chair. And just drop it. Drop it on the floor while staring at me the whole time. <laughs> Power move. Man, she is uh, she's establishing dominance, Andy. <laughs> yep. That's, That's a that- power move if I ever heard it. There's your menace right there. We'll just gotta wait. We'll just gotta keep this episode going for long enough to find out if she, if it actually comes what, true or not. Thirty years? I think not, sir. I think not. There, well, there's there's your bombshell at the end. Dave has put a time time bomb on the end of the podcast. Somewhere less than thirty years from now. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.